Tom Bernard Show with Andy Bram Bernard, Dave Schrader, Mike Molina, and the Hackmaster Ralph Dray Basham, MD. We will be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. I know what the big deal about Cracker Jack is. Did you ever go buy a pack of Cracker Jack thinking you're going to get a prize and find no prize <laughs> in the box? Here's the pitch. That might not sound important to some people, but when, you, when you're a little kid, especially from humble origin, and they cheat you out of a prize, there's a bouncing ball. Second baseman has the Barbary over the first. It's hard to think in laudatory terms of the product. <laughs> <laughs> I take it there was an occasional box of Cracker Jacks that found no prizes for uh, the, the for the little Harry Carey many years ago. You got that right. <laughs> that boy went a box of Cracker Jack to me meant a lot of money. Here's a pitch bounce foul. That's the most asinine marketing I've ever heard of. One ball, one strike. These guys say, well, you... You sing about Cracker Jack. I said that I only sing it because it's in the song. Here's a pitch foul back. And I wouldn't be a bit surprised, even to this day, some youngsters who buy a box of Cracker Jack don't find a prize in the box. One ball, two strikes, two out. Well, if you're going to talk about our congressman being crooked, Here's a pitch foul out of play. Why not talk about commercial products that don't do what they represent to do? <laughs> what in the hell was wrong with him? Oh, my God. That was like one of the greatest rants. You and I had that conversation the other day because I grew up in Chicago, and we were talking about how funny Harry Carey was and how just... You, you could tell when he was getting bored in the middle of a game because all of a sudden you'd hear, you'd hear him turn to Steve Stoney and be like, hey, you know, Ryan Sandberg's name backward is Gunraz Inrai. And Steve would be like, okay. But my wife and I are flipping through these audio bits and, and talking in that last hour about how our childhood impacts us. I just thought that was hilarious audio as he just won't let it go. And Steve Stone is like just awkwardly laughing through it. But you hear about 
the the half cent toy that wasn't in Cracker Jack, and <laughs> Harry carries a full blown adult. And he's still why well, don't he? It's asinine. He. That that whole thing he was he was amazing to be able to chat about something right? while he's doing the play by play and he already did that all the time I never never listened to him but what a great talent oh yeah yeah he was he was fantastic and he just rolled through every play and then he just right back into the talk about crooked congressman there's a high pop fly in a left center field let's talk about businesses that don't live up to expectations yeah uh, what a what a remarkable guy! Oh God, there's no. You'll, can you even think? Bob Euchre was pretty good. Vin Scully oh, yeah, was Uecker pretty was good, here. but can, nobody yeah, was Vin Scully the best of all time. Right, but nobody could. I, I just I don't know. Pound for pound, I just don't Ball know anybody. Into the windup in his first offering, just a bit outside. He tried the outside. corner and missed. <laughs> it was about forty-five Ball feet four. outside. All eight. Ball eight. <laughs> Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? <laughs> pitches that close. Yes. Yes, they're right next to the plate. God, what a great movie. That was uh, Major League, wasn't it? Yeah. Major League. Where Wild Thing was played by Charlie Sheen back when I, he was enjoyable. Back when he was thinking a little more, a little more clearly than he thinks today. <laughs> yeah, Harry. Barnard, control your monkeys. <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> oh, my God. That is one of the greatest imitations, Tom. Thank you for that wonderful. memory. Did he, say, oh, God, did he yeah. say that to you? Yes. Well, it was actually Gelfan that said... Harry, uh, sounds like you've had a couple of drinks already today. It's a little early in the morning, isn't it? Long pause. Barnard, control your monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It is what it is. That's all I know. Uh, Yeah, he was one of the greats of all time. The the people that you mentioned, to tell you the truth, Bob Uecker, Obviously, Harry Carey. Uh, Vin Scully was just the classic. He wasn't funny. He was just really, really good at being a baseball announcer. There were others. Ernie Harwell, of course, in Detroit. Herb Carneal in, in our own Twin Cities was fantastic. Uh, I loved Jimmy Pearsall because he was so out there. You're like, holy God, yeah. <laughs> really? That's what you really think? Uh but but it's it's God, not who was it? It's not unlike cricket, where the announcer really has to carry the game. Because in, in essence, on the radio, baseball is a boring game, and it moves at a, at, a, at a very slow pace. So you need somebody to be able to entertain you while you're listening to the game. I mean, it's a, very, a huge a huge skill uh, to do that. It is. There's no there's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Being a baseball announcer, is, it's a great skill. You're absolutely right. Because there is no sport no slower around on planet Earth than watching baseball. Oh, cricket. No, you're 100. You're right. Yeah, I am a I'm a huge baseball fan, but my God, if if it's one of those games, man, it gets really boring really quickly. You know what I mean? I I have no idea. You know, uh, I just I do. I love baseball. I love the Twins. I, I when they won the World Series, those two World Series, the greatest thing of all time. But I sit now and I try to watch, uh, well, particularly, to tell you the truth, particularly uh, preseason, you know, uh, spring training. Those games are hard to watch, man, mm-hmm. because there's nothing There's nothing on the line. And I guess that's the difference. If there's nothing on the line, I don't find it interesting at all. And about a half dozen naked folks sprawled out in my living room. Oh, Brock Meyer. can only be described as a desperate and a hungry kind of a lovemaking. And right in the center of it all was my wife. <laughs> my wife, Lucy. She was wearing a strap-on, and she was plowing our neighbor, Bob Greenwald. And folks, I do mean right in the ass. Fastball misses. Just low. Count goes full. Three and two. Did you say strap-on? Hey, for you, you kids at home, uh, strap-on or, or is a Ralph? belt with a dildo no, on it that no. mommies use to penetrate daddies. Oh, as a it's, you should watch it. Uh, that oh mommy used to penetrate. Oh, God. <laughs> it's Hank Azaria, and he is a phenomenal baseball announcer, but his wife, he, he found his wife in a sex orgy with a strap on. And 
He gets drunk every day and goes on and on about it. It's going over the radio. It's going over the stadium and uh, the stadium speakers. It's very, very. It's just great because he's continuing to call the game like he's ball too, and then he continues on with the story. All right, just it's just unbelievable. The whole thing is absolutely unbelievable. And Brock Meyer, I can't believe you became such a fan of Brock Meyer. Oh, it's a great show. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is a great show. There is no getting around it. It's a great show, and it is coming back for a second season, right? Yep. <laughs> I mean, I hope so, because Hank Azaria started another show called Huff. Uh, it was on HBO back in the day. Phenomenal show, and it uh, it was, um, oh, what the hell is the woman's name that's on uh, on Criminal Minds now? She's the head of the criminal, uh, the CSI team. Oh, what the hell? Oh, Paget Brewster. It was Hank Azaria, Patrick, uh, Paget, Paget Brewster, and the kid was the kid who who hit and killed himself with his own car. Remember that about a year ago? Um, yeah, he had the Jeep. God, what the? Yeah, he hit himself with a Jeep. Uh, well, you're not but uh, by the way, you know, it starts later this month. The first episode of second season is uh, April 25th. Uh, of Brockmire? Yep. When's the second season of Trial and Error start? Uh, that's another one. Yeah, that's... Let's go. Uh, uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. I was on the phone with my brother when we were talking about that. It is unbelievable. Wow. The whole thing is unbelievable. Uh, I, there's so much great television that, I, for, first of all, it's been five years into it, and I, I don't know why I didn't know about Silicon Valley. I had to have run the commercials for it. We had to have had somebody on the KQ Morning Show and this show about it, but I just never watched it. Finally, our daughter Alex and uh, God, who else was talking to me about it? Oh, uh, Doug Sprinthal. We started watching Silicon Valley. It's hilarious because they take those Silicon Valley nerds and play them for everything they're worth. I mean, they point out every little flaw and, and the nerdiness and the douchebaggery that goes on in Silicon Valley. But it's Mike Judge that wrote it, the same guy who wrote King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead and shows like that, so it doesn't surprise me. But sometimes you just, at least I do, I just miss these things, you know? Yeah, did you, uh, what was that, um, well, I just started the wife on Dexter. We've, we're looking to kind of catch up on some shows she'd never caught before. Right. Did, right. did you ever watch Dexter? I did, yes. Did, I didn't did see you? the final season. It was the only one I... I it, it it got tiring after a while. I it loved did. it the first few years. What was it on, like five years? I think, yeah, five or six years, years it made it, yeah. Five or six years. And yeah, near the end it tried to get to, I don't know, it just couldn't hold on to anything. It was, it was all over the place and it didn't make sense anymore. Did you feel that same way about that, that it was all over the place? Well, I mean, when you have kind of a, a one-trick pony idea behind it, I get that, and I like that right, there was yeah, kind of always right. a big bad. But that's you know that's kind of following the same vein as The Walking Dead. Every season, we've kind of got one big obstacle we have to get past, and that's kind of what Dexter did. But it was watching the um, his persona and how he would navigate around being a serial killer who was kind of cut off from the world emotionally. So I, I like going back and revisiting some of these shows I didn't get a chance to watch or that I watched once and then go back to see him again. And I've noticed a lot more yeah. subtle nuances about the characters and just how how well done the show was in the way that they cast it. And that's like The Sopranos, right? Yeah, it's I one of those. That. Can you replace anybody on The Sopranos and not have had it be the same kind of show? No. Right? I mean, it's we were just... talking about Zach Braff was on uh, Zach Braff was on this morning about his new TV show. Alex and Inc., Michael yeah. Imperioli. Yeah, Alex Inc., right. Michael Imperioli is on that show. And The Sopranos without Michael Imperioli, uh, Imperioli would not have been the same show just because of the character he was. Right. Like, I, I pointed out to Zach Braff this morning when he said, Hey, Tone, there's this new show on television you got to watch. It's fantastic. I mean, it's like my favorite new show. It's called uh, Law and Order SUV. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what it was called, Law and Order SUV. That's exactly what, what it was called. Now, no, did, it. Did you see Zach Braff's Wall new show? I have not seen it yet. No, Alex Inc. Yeah, I, we watched it because I loved Zach Braff on Scrubs. 
But basically, yep, to yep. me, this show is is uh, uh, John Dorian grown up with kids. It's the same voiceover. Yeah. It's the same measure and meter. And even Michael Imperioli, who I was happy to see show up in there, he's just playing the same version of uh, Christopher. Right. He's kind right. of a thug no, Italian. No, yeah. There you go. I know I love that stuff. But the, I think, and one thing I talked to, to Zach Braff about is shows like Alex Inc., and there are others out there, obviously. The Roseanne Show is another example of it uh, popping on with a different opinion. But broadcast television needs to understand because they cannot compete with Netflix, Amazon, and Hulu, and all the other, you know, epics and all of them with the adult content, you know, the adult language and the adult content. Broadcast TV cannot compete with that, even though it's not broadcast TV anymore. But um, they need to lock into that family hour stuff. They really, really do. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, that's what Zach Braff was talking about today with Alex Inc., that, that it's family television. And we do have a need for that because, you know, I, I love I love watching the Joel McHale show, which is on Netflix now. It was on the E! Entertainment Network back in the day because K.P. Anderson is from Cambridge, Minnesota, and his brother, you know, uh, Mr. Fun, Joe Anderson, known him for a long time as well. Um, now that it's on Netflix, he swears. He drops the F-bomb once in a while. And at first it was like, whoa, that's weird. Because it's it's a new version of the old show. Mm-hmm. But now that they can drop the F-bomb and all the rest of it, it's a different show now. Just for that very reason. They can talk about things. And, Mike, you can cut this out if you'd like, whatever. But there's a certain part of Austria... And I don't know what part it is, but the the word for a young child is cunt. <laughs> That's what they call young children. But I'm sure it's close to kind, which kinder, kindergarten, kinder, kinda. Uh, and, and they could have never played that on, on E! Entertainment Network. Right. Even though it doesn't mean the same thing, and it's not actually the same word because it's spelled differently. But you still couldn't say it because it's so far over the line. It's like, oh, God, you can't say that. Right? Right. And that wasn't, so I think things that, like Alex that, Incorporated. Yeah, that wasn't one of the seven words for uh, George Carlin either. It wasn't in that list. I, oh, wasn't it really? No. I suppose not. Nope. Yeah, I suppose that's true. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Did you know that 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so called up the folks at Whiting Clinic, and they helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to reserve today. Space is limited, so don't delay. That's 855-555-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. MyPillow is offering more than 50% off his four-pack special, which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. He stands like a statue because part of the machine. Feeling all the bumpers, always playing clean. Plays by intuition. We are back with you. That is Yeah, I mean, we've just been talking about uh, shows on uh, on. The major networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, and, of course, Fox, 
But some of these other networks now, like Amazon, has massive viewership. Mm-hmm. Their shows on there, like Sneaky Pete, uh, has done very, very well. With, uh, I mean, a great cast. The cast on that show is is amazing. So there's a lot of competition. I think it's a situation. You know, we were kind of talking about this. The the difference now between podcasting, digital, AM radio, FM radio, that 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 podcasting needs to understand where it is. FM needs to understand where it is. And AM radio certainly has a use, but, I mean, all three of them are going to have to understand what they're doing and what they're all about and become, hey, you know, Ian Punnett, you know him very, very well, Darkness Dave. He thinks they should start using vulgarity on AM radio just because there's no law against it. People think there's a law against it. Right. And you can be fined, but if you've ever fought that fine in court, you'd win. He actually said, I think they should be dropping the F-bomb on AM radio and the rest of it because it would draw a big audience because it would become adult radio. I think it's a very smart idea. Matter of fact, I was talking to people at Cumulus about that five, six years ago, uh, and, and Ian thinks the same thing, that that if FM were normal every day, hey, listen to it on the way to work with the kids, uh, stayed what it was, and AM became a more adult format, which was pretty much talk, but very adult talk. Like when this show is uh, edited, it has to be edited to send to uh, the radio stations it's on. If you made AM radio non and gave it a non-edited form, it would turn into a huge business because the combination of the digital format of the podcast along with adult radio on AM, it would have a lot of value. Not to, you know, say, oh, let's filth it all up and all the rest of it. But basically, AM radio would become the format, the signal, which is like, well, you're just having normal adult conversations. Well, but isn't that what XM already is? Yeah, but XM is, a, yeah, XM already is that, but XM's a pain in the ass. But it's elitist. Yeah. You have to pay am, for it. It's not something that's part right. of it. But yeah, the only right, problem really. I think you run into there's there's a twofold problem with that Tom is the fact that then all of a sudden you go from one Howard Stern on an AM station to everybody's trying to do that. So yeah, so then definitely would that that's an overboard. And then the other aspect is then that just unleashes the anger more because if you're allowed to say and curse, there's no dignity in you. You can make a well pointed. Uh, you know, a conversation that doesn't have to revolve around the F word or no, C I, word I or name calling. But I think people will automatically go to that and it becomes car wreck radio. I hope that's true because they haven't yet. Wait, you hope they it goes to car wreck radio? No, no, no. I, I just hope, I just hope that, that, that AM radio finds its identity again, because it's a, as far as basic radio listening is concerned, it's pretty much all on FM now. You know, even though this show is on AM radio, that's one of the reasons we, we started doing what we were doing, taking a podcast format and, and syndicating it on the radio. And we've done well, uh, from what I understand, from the different markets that, you know, we had the highest share in, in St. Cloud and I, I think Detroit and Brainerd and you know, those places. But it doesn't compare to FM because people are so used to now tuning to FM. AM radio, there's... There, some of the most legendary radio stations in America are AM, WL, WLS AM in, in, in Chicago, KSTP uh, and WCCO AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. You go around the country, you know, the, these huge AM signals, you can't just let them die on the vine. you got to find a different use for them. They can't be the same as FM radio. We need Wolfman right. Jack. Yeah, get another Wolfman Jack. Adult- well, yeah, I wouldn't mind that anyway. I loved Wolfman Jack. Yeah, an adult Wolfman Jack. I mean, it's not someone who can um, use certain language or talk about certain topics as you wouldn't. But you're right. You don't want it to degenerate into um, an overuse of um, of uh, profanity. I mean, I think that really de- that no. de- detracts from it. I mean, mm-hmm. but but to be able think- to yeah, be able to express yourself is fine. I just think it'd be what I'm talking about is a show like this one. We don't go nuts with you know the the f bombs and the the big C and all the rest of it. I just mean that it's not completely banned and not allowed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you brought up Howard Stern earlier when he first started on XM. He dropped the big C about every other word, from what I understand, and it got really old. And I think he realized that very quickly. It's like no, this is not what we we're looking for at all. 
So I understand exactly what you guys are talking about. Yeah, well, um, my experience you know. is with uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. Whenever he was on Conan and whenever he did the uh, the broadcast bits, um, there was a lot of innuendo, and the language was crafted in a very unique way, which I appreciated. Yeah. But when I heard him on a, a broadcast that was not uh, uh, censored, it was, it was just all sorts of profanity that came with it. And I said, well, this is... This is you've lost your charm. There's no. There's no. I agree. There I was, understand. It was. It was not funny. It just. It had no sense of. Uh, not funny at all. So he really lost it ever just because of that. So it's a fine line between a little bit enough and too much. So razor's edge. I agree absolutely. I agree. It is razor's edge, but I think it needs to. Ha- AM has to do something. Because those signals are just way too big and way too important. They're very clear now, you know, AM. Uh, look, to sit in North Minneapolis and be able to listen to WLS radio, and if I got lucky, WCFL, uh, which is now, God, what, what is CFL now? It's a, well, I, I think the loop is now a uh, Christian, Christian radio station. station yeah. yeah, it's Christian. Didn't yeah. you pick up KNX? I, I think you'd be picking up KNX. Yeah, you could pick up. You could pick up KNX. You could pick WCFL up WCFL is now WMVP. WMVP. Oh, spo- sports radio, huh? Sports. Uh-huh. And don't forget WGN. I mean, WGN, absolutely. But not huge, a, huge. But huge not w- one of the first yeah. fifty thousand watt stations. Let's be clear. Let's be, be honest. I, mean, I don't want to, you know, say anything. But that, that was KDKA, KNX, and uh, WLS. KDKA no, no, was not the very w- first not, radio not, station in America. Yeah, not WLS. It was what's the one in uh, Chicago uh, in LA. Wolfman Jack was on it. Uh, I thought he was on in New Mexico. He, he was in he Mexico. Was, he was on in. He, well, the 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 he was in Los Angeles, but the transmitter was in Mexico. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Uh, it was X. It was X. I can't remember what the hell the call letters were, but he was on. An, he was on. Yes, he was on a big radio station in LA as well. But I, I, yeah, KDKA was the very first radio station in all of America in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was the very first radio station. So, uh, yeah, I'm not talking about going on and just spewing vile filth. That's not what I'm talking about at all. But having adult conversations and be able to talk about things you can't talk about on FM radio, and you can't talk about on broadcast television. I mean, yeah, there are some shows on on uh, Hulu and Amazon. They're just using it. They're saying the words because they can say the words. Yeah. Andy, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm Andy, talking about adult conversations. Andy, do you listen to radio? Uh, well, I mean, for one, I don't really have the means because I barely ever drive, and I don't own a radio at home. So, I guess by default, no. You don't. But he also doesn't watch television. You're correct. That would, too. Well, that's uh, is there a parallel there? Well, who owns? You know, you, you have your iPhone. Your iPhone would be play anything. You can listen to. Uh, you can listen to the morning show on your iPhone. It works quite quite well. So we have that. Well, with TV, it's because it costs money for yeah. something I don't really care about that yeah. much. Radio doesn't cost money. Yeah, that, but it's just interesting that you know that, that there might be there. It's just a generational thing. Is that entertainment comes in a different way? Because yeah, so much inter- so much entertainment yeah. on your phone is free as well. So you can watch YouTube video. I mean, there's so much you can watch and consume just with your phone or or your you know your smart device. That you know is maybe it is doomed. Uh, who knows? It you know, might. Well, it might be because you look at it. In when I was a teenager and in my twenties, there were TV shows and movies about radio. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them. The FM was a big, big movie. WKRP <laughs> was a big TV show. Right. There were there are lots of even shows Frasier. And movies about about radio. Yeah, yeah Frasier was right. about talk radio. KCL seven eighty F or AM. 780 FM, that's a high frequency. It was 780 FM? No, 780 AM. Oh, I was going to say. Well, see, that's that's why I think shows like Coast to Coast AM have survived, because they they go outside of the normal topics of sports and local media and and politics to discuss a wide variety of things. And that's where I think Art Mm -hmm. Bell struck kind of a goldmine when he created Coast to Coast, was that he had found a way to expose something that... People weren't getting enough of on regular talk radio, and he was able to centralize the talent. It was a central talent when, no. when it was syndicated, went out to many stations, mm-hmm. and that's. I mean, you have to do that to just to save money. That's why he got such a wide listenership late at night because these people were looking for, looking for programming. Hey, here we go, arts around. Right, and you've got. Oh, I remember when. T- yeah, 
Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I remember when, when television used to sign off. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then I would listen to all-night radio. Yeah, you know, the sign-off tone. Yeah, the sign-off tone. The television would AKA, actually go off the air. A.K.A. turn your damn television off tone. Exactly. The tone was so annoying. Turn your damn television yeah. off. That's exactly right. So, yeah, it's a different world now. It's a completely different world. But I still think any medium is viable if you figure out how to use it properly. Well, you can't just have it be podcasts but on the radio because... No, no, that's not what I mean. You can't compete with the format of downloading it whenever you want to. So it has to make use of the fact that it's 24 hours a day somehow. I do think, though, the one problem that I have with podcasting, podcasting keeps changing... To fit Hollywood, and that does bother me. They keep altering how they do it and how they how they measure it to fit big stars. Like Mark Maron, if he weren't well known nationally, no one would listen to that podcast. Do yeah. you think? A lot of the more famous podcasts, people just kind of listen to it because they're supposed to. Yeah, or they that's, feel like they're supposed to. That's exactly what I'm saying. And now. What they've done now when they measure podcasting is they've cut out re-enters. It's like, oh, this guy already downloaded it, and he left, and then he came back. Well, we can't count that. Well, they do on radio. If you listen to a radio station and then leave and come back a half hour later, uh, sorry, but Nielsen counts that as two separate listens because that's what it is, is two separate listens. They don't do that on podcasting. And you want to know my opinion why they don't do that on podcasting? Because the big shots all do one-hour podcasts a week. Some of them do one a few times a week. But they literally fine-tuned the way it's measured now to fit their format, which was a big mistake. That was a huge mistake. Because when you sit down and listen to, like like Bill Burr, for instance. And I'm a big Bill Burr fan. He does his once a week. I think it was it Monday morning. Monday and Thursday. I think that's when he did Monday. Oh, he does Monday and Thursday now? Yeah, but Thursday is just a very short thing, and then he does uh, repeat. Oh, okay. That's what, so that's what he does? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Bill Burr. I think he's very, very funny. He's a very interesting guy. I mean, here's a guy who figured it out when his first, one of his first advertisers, maybe his very first advertiser was Sherry's Berries. He's going, what the hell is this? Sherry's Berries. And he went on and on, and they sold millions of Sherry's Berries because of it. Because he figured that whole deal out. But for people who are not, you know, really well-known stand-up comedians or movie stars or, you know, whatever, it's a, it's a, really a bad way to measure podcasting the way they do it now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree with that, Dave? Yeah, I think, I think that's the big change. You know, one of the things that, that kind of threw the radio station we worked for into a tizzy, uh, when our new program director came in, it was a, po- a political talk radio station. He takes me and, and Tim in, and he, he looks at us, and he goes, why are you on our station? And I, I kind of looked at him, I go, well, what do you mean? And he goes, what, what purpose, what business do you have being on the station? And then he looked at his day part, which was noon or 6 p.m. to midnight, and he said, this is a ho- oh, my God, the ratings are in the garbage. And I said, well, we're only on from 10 to midnight. Can you look at that? And he, lo- he stops and looks at me and leans across the desk, and he goes, oh, you think uh, Laura Ingram's bringing you down? And I said, well, I don't know. Can we measure just our hours? And he goes, 10 to midnight. And I go, yeah. He goes, okay, let's do that. And he punched it in, and all of a sudden he looked across the desk at Tim and I, and he goes, oh, that's why you're on my station. And I said, yeah, what's see, that? there you go. And he goes, uh, he goes, Dr. Laura or Laura Ingram is on before you, and she's averaging 1,000 people listening at any given time for 15-minute segments per hour. You guys are a on for two. people. Right. He goes, you guys are averaging 10,000 listeners that are staying with for 45 minutes of the show as opposed to a 15 right. minute segment. He goes, now I understand where you're coming from. And that was late night. He said, you guys are appointment radio. That's what they're trying to rebuild again. And that's what they need to come up exactly. with is shows that you tune in to hear those shows. Yep. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. To hear adult conversations, not necessarily a ton of swearing, but the ability to say whatever you do want to say. That's what I'm talking about. So I'm not talking about foul mouth radio. I'm just talking about being able to say what you want to say. Uh, it would turn that. It would turn amplitude modification, or was it amplitude modification? Modulation. Modulation. There you go. Ampli- amplitude modulation. There you go. We'll be back. Tom Bernardo. It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutrimost weight loss plan. I've started up another round at the new Nutrimost Plymouth location, and those unwanted pounds are going fast. 
I've lost over 34 pounds. Nutrimos is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutrimos has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you too. Nutrimos to Plymouth is hosting a second free informational dinner. Learn how to have success losing weight just like me. Neil Sheehy, Nutrimos client and owner, who played nine years in the NHL and is an agent to some of the NHL's current top players, will be at the dinner, and so will I, actually. It's Monday, April 30th, 6 p.m. at Jake City Grill in Plymouth, located around the corner from Nutramost, just off Highway 55 and 494. Space is limited. Call 763-333-7337 to register. That's 763-333-7337. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl, and after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series, where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The seller workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. Hello, Seattle. The people who know me best will not be surprised by what I'm about to tell you. I am not a man who betrays his principles. I am not a man who misleads his listeners, and I am not a man who will shrink from a fight. Today I find myself in a fight over the content of my show, but rather than truckle to the forces of commercialism, I've decided to take a stand on principle, even if it means... I'm not on the air, am I? No. You put on the best of crane. How much did I get out? Well, let's see. People who know me best will not be surprised by what I'm about to tell you. I am not a man. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. I am not a man. I think that's wonderful. Mike Zone on the phone with us. How you doing, Mike? Good, good. How you guys doing? <laughs> Everything is wonderful. Darkness Dave is with us. Doctor Basham, Mike Molina, Andy. We're all we're all gathered around. Now, do you and Dave know one another? I do actually. Dave and I have known each other for uh, a couple of years now. Um, actually, I've, I used to do a lot of. Well, I still do a bunch of conventions, some paranormal, some you know uh, Comic Con type things. And Dave, of course, is really big in the uh, paranormal world. And, uh, well, we crossed paths years ago and known him ever since. Right, and he had a a fantastic series on the Science Channel with Oddities, which I know, Tom, you were telling me you loved that show and never missed an episode. I loved Oddities. That's 100% true. Thank you very much. I I loved the show Oddities. There's no question. And the guy, well, it's so unusual. Who was that guy? (laughs) That's Edgar Oliver. He's um, Edgar that, Oliver. There you go. And that's him, by the way. That's not a put on. That's not a character. That's no. not a thing he does. <laughs> that is him a hundred percent. He actually um, just recently did a commercial with Tom Brady for Beautyrest mattresses. It's uh, national. I remember he was a butler. Uh, yeah, he's in a hotel, and Tom Brady walks in the hotel, hotel and he's like, Mr. Brady, we've been expecting you, and you know the whole thing. And yeah, he's on that. Also, if you go to YouTube and type in. Uh, Edgar Oliver, there's a lot on him, a lot of spoken word, a lot of pieces he's done, interviews. He's been, he's been around for quite a while, and uh, like I said, that's that's him 100%. God, it's so he would come into your shop and find something that would just fascinate him, and he would get. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't be he wouldn't go over the top. It just it. I guess it's who he was. It just it, that's. The I thing. never People thought. Often, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I never once thought that he was just overplaying his hand. I just thought, no, that's real. A hundred percent. He's he's like the nicest guy. I've known him for, oh, it's got to be at least 15 plus years now. And he's uh, he's originally from Savannah, Georgia. He's living in New York City since probably the 70s. And, you know, he's done spoken word stuff and, and, all, his, and all his other work he's done and some commercial work. And when... Um, 
the producers of the show, you know, they were asked about our different customers, and I said, we have this one guy, he's amazing. He's Edgar Oliver, I said, he's, he's a playwright, he's a, an artist, I guess, he does a whole bunch of stuff. I said, but, you know, I, I, uh, when he's in here, we got to film with this guy, because he's amazing. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. And then when they saw him, they're like, holy cow. Uh, <laughs> people are smitten with Edgar. People, I, He's probably the most asked about person. Him and Laura, the model mortician, are the two most asked oh, yeah. about people from the TV show Oddities. I got to be honest with you, I never missed your show once I discovered it. And I just happened upon it one night, and I don't know how many years ago, the years ago that was, but once I started watching it, because I, you would go to people's houses and look at the things they had, and they'd bring them into your shop, and you were always very honest with them about I, well, I just loved it. I loved the show. Yep. That's the whole thing about the show. Um, you know, when they came to us about doing a show, the producers who did the who put it together, I, I asked them, I said, what kind of show are you guys talking about? And they said, well, what do you mean? And I said, look, I don't want drama. I don't want fighting, name-calling, throwing things, blowing crap up. You know, I said, that's not us. I said, if you want to do it legit, we'll do a show with you guys. If you want to do nonsense, thank you, but no thank you. And they were like, no, no, this is for the science channel, and they want the science behind it. So even though it's the odd things you sell... We want to know why it has two heads, or why does it like this, or why? How did this become deformed, or you know? So it was interesting. We did uh, seventy-four episodes total. It ran over, I think, about six seasons or cycles, as they call them, and um, insanely popular. Apparently, it's in at least six languages that I know of. Uh, shown really? worldwide on on this. Yeah, it's uh, well, of course, English, but Spanish, French. Uh, Brazilian Portuguese, uh, Russian, and Chinese, uh, Mandarin Chinese. It, so, it, it is. It, That's, it, which is that crazy, because we don't get residuals on that stuff. All our residual is they show it in these countries. People come to New York City, they come to my store, hopefully buy something. That's that's my residual for, for the show. <laughs> that's not a bad well, advertisement. they do buy them. Yeah, it's not a yeah, bad yeah. advertisement, exactly. I couldn't buy. Uh, you can't buy advertisement like that. It, I mean, for the exposure because it did really well and incredibly popular. Uh, we were top rated on the the network. Um, we were supposed to film another season a while ago, but unfortunately, had a major change of personnel at the network. Uh, the president of the network um, um, left, and that basically killed it. The new person they brought in basically um, mothballed the, the the network. They they. Uh, they they laid off about half the staff and they stopped all productions. Just so, although there are rumors that they might be interested in starting something up again, um, I've been hearing a little talk here, a little rumor there, nothing definitive. But we'll see what happens. That would be amazing. I mean, if they came to me and asked me, I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm, that it was it was a great experience, and that'd be wonderful to get back on again. I would think this would be a perfect thing for Amazon, Netflix, uh, something like that, because it you you could add a little bit. More adult kind of uh, content, or uh, even auditier content. Oh, absolutely! Than, than you have already. <laughs> and we were a little limited because, being that it was on the science channel, we had to have some kind of science behind the item. Uh, there's some weird stuff out there. I'm trying to remember offhand that they're like, "Oh, that's an amazing item, but where's the science?" You know, it's, it's just right. kind of a weird thing. So, um, you know, with, with uh, another network, another uh, outlet for it. It probably could get even weirder, and then certain things that maybe weren't a perfect fit for the science channel. It just seemed to me what I really liked about it was that it seemed to me the kind to be the kind of show where people who just did not fit in anywhere else always fit in at your store. Oh, thank you. I, and I we actually it. heard from a lot of people about that. I mean, some people wear their weirdo on the outside, and some people wear their weirdo on the inside. Um, yeah, that's yeah, very you know, true. P- and a lot of people said that they could relate to us, to you know me and my business partner Evan on the show, and to us, we're, we, we're people. You know, they can relate to us, and then us relating to these odd, quote unquote, odd people, these unusual, eclectic, interesting, wonderful people. Um, it's sort of like a gateway, and, and we made it okay to come out of the weirdo closet. You know, it, it's funny. We heard from many people, and still do, that they said, you know, I've always liked this stuff. I've always felt like I was the black sheep of my family or my town or whatever, mm-hmm. and now I sort of show. And thank God there's people out there just like me. And there's quite a few of them, too. I mean, we're with a lot more of the unusual and interesting people than the normal. You know, it's pretty interesting out there. 
Well, can I ask, Mike, I mean, if I could ask one thing real quick, Tom, is just the fact that, you know, you go to Minnesota and you go to antique villages here where there's antique store after antique store and collectible store, but they're all, they all seem to carry the same thing. What got you into to going with more of the bizarre and, and odd items? Well, I've always been interested in, in the oddball stuff. I started collecting actually cameras and photography and stuff like that. And then I started buying stuff to sell to offset my collecting. The more money I had, the more stuff I could collect. But then I started finding things like old sideshow photos and old circus photos and old medical photos and kind of the oddball stuff. And um, it kind of grew out of that. And it's just stuff that I find interesting. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of grandma antiques out there and, you know, a lot of doilies and, and you know, plates and silverware and, and stuff that's, you know, you know, no offense, it's kind of boring stuff. Um, this stuff is all about, it's the cabinet of curiosities. It's the the unusual, the interesting, the things you look at, you're like, what is that, and why is that, and who kept that, and where has that been? I mean, a really good piece, should you should have more questions at the end than when you started with. And that's kind of how I, I based on what I sell and collect, you know, we do medical, do scientific, natural history, but a lot of stuff that doesn't really fit into those into those niches, but they're, it just has a look, it has an aesthetic, it just, it makes you wonder. Yeah, Sometimes my- it's also what I call the... Uh, the, the 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 mental uh, you know friction there it's it's the attraction repulsion you look at it you're like that's interesting but why what the and basically the back and forth between being uh, attracted and repulsed by the same item it just stirs interest in your head it's Mike, uh, like good art Mike let me I'm going to come out of the closet I'm going to come out of the oddity closet right now <laughs> uh, 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 you know this is first time coming uh, well you know other people may think different that I've been out of the oddity closet hold though. my hand well, I'll, I'll help you through with it. That. So when I when I was in medical school, the they they all all medical schools, hospitals, or in, uh, the educational programs have stuff in jars, and they have all sorts of yes, all sorts of fetuses, uh, all sorts of stuff in jars. And as a result of that, whenever we would go to a natural history museum, I would take my kids, and we would always look for the place where they had the stuff in jars because that was the thing we enjoyed the most. So, how Absolutely. many things? Did, how, what percentage of your sales or collections are in jars? In the jars, and it's sort of the, in the sort of a, sort of the uh, particulate kind of uh, uh, formalin that's really yellow, and it's always, there's always some odd thing in there. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing with the old formalin, and you'll just have like sediment and stuff. <laughs> Often know. people will change them out. You know, once it's in the for, in formalin or formaldehyde, and it's thoroughly pickled. You could put alcohol in there, like uh, yeah. isopropyl, rubbing alcohol. Seventy percent is recommended over ninety-one. Uh, the ninety-one, believe it or not, could actually dry out the specimen. There's still some fluid in there, and uh, even though it's in liquid, it could actually uh, pull moisture out of the specimen. So that seventy percent isopropyl. And the nice thing is, it's nice and clear. And again, once that thing is pickled, it's it's good to go. You don't have to worry about it. Um, I used to have a lot more stuff in jars. I, I've had a few mishaps with jars. Um, <laughs> of course. Well, you have to yes. be careful with jars. Yes. Mike, you have to be careful with jars. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Um, I had these monkey heads that I bought, uh, a literal barrel of yeah. monkeys. Well, there's some monkeys in there, too. But it was like one of those like big like plastic barrels of monkey heads. It was amazing. I came from a breeder down south. I don't know why they kept the heads. I uh, Who knows? Anyway... I had to, you know, I can't want to sell the whole barrel, so I put them in jars and had numerous experiences where, um, actually, one of them was a, a lovely paranormal uh, um, uh, convention out in York, Pennsylvania, which they don't do anymore. But I had my whole cart loaded up. I had a whole bunch of the monkey heads and jars and boxes in the box, and I'm rolling my cart across the floor of the convention, uh, you know, room, and I hit a bump, and everything goes flying. And then, of course, oh, I hear smash. <laughs> and a puddle of monkey head juices, like, seeping out of the box. Uh, and so then dealing with the glass shards and monkey head. Rolling all and, over the place. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, someone actually bought it. They said, hey, you know, I said, well, it's a lot less expensive now. I mean, the monkey head is still fine, but you're going to need a new jar. And the dude just ran out to local Walmart or Target, bought a mason jar and some alcohol, and he got a, a discounted monkey head from that. Um, <laughs> I also had a full body, almost the same experience, but in the middle of... Um, uh, a major street in Philadelphia, leaving a tattoo convention. Again, all the stuff in the cart, cart hits a bump, everything goes flying, and this was a full monkey in a really big jar. It must have been over a gallon of um, fluid in this one, and it starts seeping everywhere, and the light <laughs> turns green, and cars started coming. So I quickly have to throw everything on the cart, 
throw this box with like just tons of fluid coming out of it back in the thing and get out of the middle of the street. Um, I prefer taxidermy. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that'd be sentiment. good. Yeah, so uh, we that do would have be good. some stuff at the shop, but I, I try to limit it. I'll tell you what, if, if people have never heard of Obscura Antiques and Oddities in New York, if you've never heard of the TV show Oddities, I guarantee you, because a lot of people tune through Discovery Channel, Discovery Science, I guarantee you you've seen Edgar and his promo where he goes, Is that a straight jacket? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and see, Andy just... Like, for, for years, Go people ahead, come to my shop and just say that. And actually, I don't have a straight jacket in there <laughs> for this reason at the moment. I mean, I get them now and then, but whenever I have one, it's guaranteed and you're oh, time. And what's cool is if you Mike, follow Mike on uh, Facebook, he does videos usually once every couple of weeks where he'll show you all the new finds he's gotten from hitting trade shows and and antique swap meets and all that stuff so you can kind of keep an eye on what's going on and you can contact him afterwards if you're interested in getting any of the items oh absolutely yeah, i've been idea. doing that i was doing that on a weekly basis but it all depends i was at a week out of town for the last week but yeah that's to show off the things from flea markets and auctions and state sales and it's uh yeah it, it's been those have been pretty good to actually got to sell a bunch of stuff from those and then I stopped doing it because I got kind of busy with a couple of things and next thing you know everyone's like hey where are the videos so they're back I'll, I'll be doing those hopefully on a weekly or, you know, every other week basis. And, um, yeah, well, thanks, we, thanks for mentioning those. It's, it's kind of a neat thing. We got to get the show back on television. It's phenomenal. Is it in repeats anywhere? I, yes I, and I think no. it's on YouTube, Discovery, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon, you can buy the episode. YouTube, believe it or not, has a lot of the episodes and clips on it. Just go to YouTube and right. type in oddities. A lot of it there. Uh, ScienceChannel.com or Science.com, I think, is their website. They had a whole bunch of it on their website, and then they randomly show it. We usually, I find out because the phone starts buzzing like crazy at the shop, uh, but they'll do oh, marathons yeah. here and there. You know, four oh, episodes, eight it. episodes. Uh, Discovery will show it. Science shows it. Even Destination America, which is owned by Discovery, shows, has uh, shown episodes. Mm-hmm. Mike, we have to have you back on more. of. i got to talk to you more about Obscura Oddities. Please do, anytime. Obscura Antiques and Oddities. Mike, thanks yes. for your time today, sir. Thank you Mike's very much, own, ladies and gentlemen. If you've never seen Oddities, you've got to see it. It's a terrific show. It is a terrific show. Thanks for listening. Tom Bernard Show.